This is Andrew Wilkes. This is Leah Wilkes. And this is Theology on Fire. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode five. Today we're going to be talking about personal offenses, public sin, and church discipline. So, Andrew, please get us started. So this is something that if you're going to be a believer and live around other believers, you will be affected by this. We've all been affected through personal offenses. Um, we are going to be the cause of personal offense. We'll be the recipient of personal offense. And by personal offense, I mean a person is offending me. It's something that is happening to me personally. And, um, well, why don't we just go ahead and jump in? Yeah, I'm going to start off by reading um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it's verses 4 through 7, and it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Wow. Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to close here. Everybody can go pray. Um, it's been a great episode. We're already really convicted. So I'm very convicted by hearing that. And the reason we read this first is because I personally believe that a lot of offense that comes to us is actually because there's a lack of love on our side. Um, we haven't put the best construction, perhaps, on what someone said to us. Maybe we've been offended, and the other person doesn't even know that they've offended us. They have no clue what had gone on in that car ride on the way to church, or the conversations, or the things you've been struggling with. But something they said, even if it wasn't really rude, it just it hit you in such a way that it really affected you and hurt you. And they don't even know it. Yes, I agree, but I also think that there are some people who are just legitimately offended they're innocent it's not because they're being touchy in any way i think some people just are mistreated in life they just have maybe a horrible mother-in-law who's mean to them and calls them fat and you know says nasty things to their children or whatever it is not my mother-in-law no not not your mother-in-law not you deborah we love you but it just you know there's there's legitimate offense out there too absolutely absolutely and um it still says, though, love bears all things. So it doesn't mean that we stay under abusive uh, friendships or relationships, but there is a level, there is a limit, um, which we will just have to put up with at times. But we're going to jump in here straight into Matthew eighteen fifteen to 20. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So I really want to break this down, and we'll see four steps here. If I've been offended by a brother or sister, and here's the thing, if I can get over this on my own, and the Lord, between me and the Lord, I need to do that. I need to ask the Lord to help me. Whatever forgiveness needs to happen, that that's really the first step right there, is that love and just forgiving them, putting the best construction, perhaps I heard wrong, or perhaps they had a bad day, who knows. But if it's something and you just can't get over it, then you should go to that brother or sister and you should tell them their fault alone. Uh, someone came up to me recently and they said, you know, I really felt like someone directed a comment at me. And it really bothered me. So I just said, well, look, go talk to him. 
You need to go talk to them. So they did. And what they found out was that person had not directed it at all. But this, but this person had been offended, could have walked on with that, built up walls of resentment against this other person. But because they walked in the truth of the Word of God, they were free. They got set free, and there was no bitterness and no, no break in that relationship. The second step is if that person doesn't listen to you and it, it's legitimate, but they're just saying, no, I, no, I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. I was right. And then you're supposed to take one or two with you who actually know about that situation. But the heart is supposed to be for restoration whenever they come with you, not to gang up on somebody, but yes, to bring their fault to the offender and try to bring them to a place of repentance. So when I go to a person that's offended me, what happens between me going to them on my own and then all of a sudden me and some friend going to them? Like, what, what's the circumstance there? Well, I mean, every circumstance is going to be different, but I think one thing that has to take place is prayer. God, you see the situation. You see it's not good. You see, I've prayed to you. I see what your word says, so please give me wisdom. I'm not looking to gossip. I'm looking to, uh, to really fix this relationship and this issue. So help me. So I'm assuming the first time you went to them, it wasn't resolved? Like, they didn't accept it? Exactly. That's the only reason you bring two or three uh, with you. Like the scripture was saying is, if they don't hear you, then you bring two or three witnesses with you. Okay. And then, when the two or three witnesses come along, and it's the same discussion, the same issues, the same points, and that person, the offender, is still not getting it, they still refuse, then really you're supposed to just bring them before the church. And when they say bring them bring this person before the church, I'm not assuming that you, you on the beginning of a Sunday morning, bring them between the 50 or 100 or several hundred uh, people who are in that church, but I would think that this is more like the leadership. You're bringing them now before the leadership to uh, talk about this issue and, and try to mediate it. And then, if they don't even listen to the leadership of that church after you've gone through these three steps, you're supposed to remove that person from the church. And and it, Jesus said, treat them like a Gentile or tax collector. And if you want to know how that was, whenever Peter went to Cornelius in Acts 10, in verse 28, and he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. So, it was real. It was, I'm not even going to eat with you. And that's actually in Scripture later. Don't even eat with such a person like that. So you're telling me in the new covenant under the salvation of Jesus Christ, under grace, that there are circumstances and times where you actually have to cut off another person. Yes, it's clear. It's clear from Jesus, and it's clear in four or five other scriptures in the New Testament. In fact, in Thessalonians, there was one guy, he was just a lazy person and a moocher, and Paul said to him, hey, look, if he doesn't work, he doesn't eat, and if anyone doesn't obey this epistle I've written to you, don't even accompany that person. Don't even eat with a person, so that they'll be ashamed and that they'll repent and be right. And I... I do know, because the whole Bible is line upon line, precept upon precept, I know from many other things Paul has said and taught, and Jesus has, that that person that was a moocher, for example, I know that they didn't just say, oh, you're lazy, bye-bye. I know that they would have gone to him, taught him, approached him in these, these ways that we've already said, and it's that this person continues in a rebellious way to not listen and to go and do what is contrary to the leadership. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, and and we'll touch on that just in uh, in a little bit later in this. But that that's it. You know, we have to be careful that we don't abuse people with this because some people will seek to do that. You know, the Pharisees had the law of God in their hand and they sought to abuse God himself with the very law that he gave, which is nuts. But people will take the word of God and they'll use it to abuse others. So it's important that we have the right spirit, the very spirit of Christ, whenever we're going to go deal with people and that the goal ultimately is restoration. Amen. So I actually want to read a quote here. I got this from Bible.org, and the article is Biblical Church Disciplined by Pastor Stephen J. Cole. This is what it says about Matthew 18. Your objective is not to, quote, set him straight or to, quote, get things off your chest by letting him know how wrong he is. Your aim is to get him to listen so as to win him back to the Lord. And uh, the best way of convincing someone of his sin is to take him to Scripture. Your opinion really doesn't matter. And I'll say that again, our opinions, they don't matter. That's not what's at stake here. God's word is the authority. And he also said, check your own heart first. Make sure that you've taken any logs out of your own eye and that you're not exempt from temptation and sin. So look to yourself, that's Galatians 6.1, and check your motives. And so just to clarify, you know, when you approach someone, it's not necessarily that maybe it's always very clear. You may just have to go to someone and, and you're just... You feel like they are offended with you or they're acting in a certain way and you think there's something going on and um, you just you're not sure. So you can go to them and say, hey, look, I feel like there's something going on. It's You don't necessarily have a scripture that they're, oh, you're doing something wrong or you did something contrary to the word of God. But it's just, hey, I feel like there's something there's an issue here. Can we talk about it? I feel like you're cold towards me or whatever it is. And then typically if there's nothing there, they'll say no. Um, or they might say, yeah, you said something the other day and be like, oh my goodness, I didn't mean that. Or you might have to ask for forgiveness, but that's healthy. And even to go a bit further, you know, we can be that person sometimes who maybe someone said something to you and you got a little disgruntled. And then later that person comes to you and says, Hey, is something wrong? Let's, let's actually try not to be that other person either if if something disgruntled you and you're going to act disgruntled out of that then you should probably go to that person that offended you in the first place all of us get offended at some point in a christian life and frequently this pride and or genuine hurt or feelings i mean how can we not get offended i mean jesus even said you know offenses will come Offenses will come. And in the book of James, the Apostle James said, we all offend with our tongue. We all offend with our words. That's why we have to be so careful with them. So I want to read a scripture, and it's in Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 21. And it says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. That's a whole lot of offenses in one day, but you know the the uh, the number seven. That's perfection. Um, that's what the Bible scholars say. So seventy-seven. I mean, that means we're supposed to really forgive every single time someone repents and comes to us. Because isn't that what the Lord does to us? First John one nine says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we've received, we're also supposed to give that forgiveness to others. And there's a great danger in not forgiving. Jesus goes on in this 
um, in this teaching, and he gives a parable in verses 23 to 35 of Matthew 18, and he actually says that if you don't forgive, you will be delivered to torment. Just like the man in that parable, he was delivered to tormentors because he was not willing to forgive as he was forgiven. And Matthew six fourteen to 15 says, if we don't forgive, God will not forgive us. And that's, that's real. That's not a parable. That's truth. I don't fully understand it, but I know it's very serious. But also, the truth is, we can't forgive. There have been situations I've been faced with, and I have just come to the point where I've told the Lord, Lord, I can't forgive them. I, I don't want to. I, I can't do it, and I need you to help me. And it was when I came to that point where I realized me and myself, Leah, can't forgive. We don't possess the ability to really forgive. Like we're just fleshly, we're selfish, we're prideful. And when we get really cut, really hurt, it's just not in our strength. It's not in our ability to do it. Like a great many other things in the Christian walk, it's not in our strength or ability to do it, but we can do all things through Christ and we can forgive, but we need him to do it. So when you're faced with these situations, you know, don't just beat yourself down like, oh, I've got to forgive him. Oh, mm-hmm. i got to do this. Just You just need to turn to the Lord and say, God, I can't, Amen. but I know you can. Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for I know not what they do. That's that's the spirit of Christ. If And that's the, the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So if he can hang on a cross and tell those people that crucified him, tell God, oh, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Then we know that we can forgive anyone for anything they have done to us by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So just to recap, if you have an issue with someone and you can't seem to, with the Lord alone, just get past that, then you should go to them and clear that up. You should go to them and and make it right with them or clarify what's going on. We're told in Romans 16, 17 to 20, that there are those at times that will cause divisions contrary to what we've learned. It's not just the fact of faith versus law and salvation, but anything in Scripture. They'll come and and they'll try to bring truth that's not truth at all, and we're told to actually separate from them if they won't turn from those things. Also, flagrant public sin and the life of of a professing believer that's found in 1 Corinthians 5, 1 to 2 and 9 to 13, the issues in the Corinthian church there. And we're told, don't even eat with brothers and sisters who are in open, blatant, unrepentant sin. But this is also something very big. 2 Corinthians 5-11, through we're told to welcome people back even after they've sinned, once they have repented. Because that's what's offered to us through the grace of Jesus Christ. Even after we've come to know Him as the forgiveness and washing and His blood, whenever we've offended Him, even as His children, And we're expected and called to do the same to others. Amen. So God is a God of love, a God of grace. We are kind to one another. We forgive one another. We entreat one another and prefer one another. But there are times where the Lord in the Bible asks us to draw hard lines and make hard decisions for the good of that person and for the good of his body, the body of Christ. So to recap this entire episode, I would just leave you with four things. Our goal is restoration. The Spirit is that of Christ. Our tool is the Word of God. And our motive is love for Jesus and for that person. Amen. 
And Father, we just thank you for this word. We thank you for the word of God that guides each and every part of our life, Lord. We just ask if there is anybody out there who has questions or is dealing with things like this at this time, that this would instruct them and teach them in the way that they should go. And you'd give them wisdom, Lord, and you would help them, Lord, and just restore that relationship, Lord, or give them clarity on what to do next. We just thank you for your word, for your grace, for your ability to forgive, for your forgiveness for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us at Theology on Fire. Please subscribe so you won't miss new episodes. All of our information and contact details can be found at theologyonfire.org.